We'll continue to focus on and work our way through the epistle to the Romans. St. Paul, now in chapter 6, we spoke about original sin yesterday. All mankind under the, the, the darkness of original sin and being delivered by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the possibility of regaining grace, grace that was lost through original sin. And uh, so Paul has talked a lot about grace, and now he's going to start to transition into the moral life, the practical life, and also uh, the sacraments, particularly the sacrament of baptism. That's what's, uh, what he highlights in Romans. So uh, as far as the moral life and the, the practical life is concerned, though, I'm going to probably, this is what he's really kind of dealing with in, in this passage that we have. Probably going to wait till tomorrow and Friday to talk about that particular aspect of Paul's teaching. Uh, so today, though, I, I'm going to focus on a little kind of crevice, a little corner of this passage that might have escaped your attention, because I think there's a lot to it. There's a lot of depth to it. St. Paul says, but thanks be to God that although you were once slaves of sin, you have become obedient from the heart to the pattern of teaching to which you were entrusted. Now, Paul's talking about um, uh, fundamentally a moral conversion here, but just draw your attention to, you have become obedient from the heart to the pattern of teaching to which you were entrusted. The pattern of teaching to which you were entrusted. What we have here is very clear, is that Paul's audience, these Jews and Gentiles who accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ as adults, there was already for them, upon their entrance into the church, a form of teaching. Okay, what we would today refer to as the creed. We have, I believe, in one God, the Father, so forth and so on. Okay, and it was it preexisted then. Okay, even though they didn't have the New Testament, right? Paul's audience right here, they wouldn't necessarily have the New Testament. The New Testament was in the process of being kind of compiled and composed. You know, these people are Paul's writing in probably the year fifty-five or something like that. So the New Testament is in the process of being compiled. They don't really have a New Testament. And the Old Testament is not, I mean, it has prophecies of Christ and it has sound doctrine in it, but the specificity of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not very clear in the Old Testament. So they don't really have a book that they go to. Where do they go to? They go to the church. The church has the gospel for them ready-made, and they receive it and accept it as it is, as it pre-existed, as it pre-existed. Um, and they, they confess it upon their baptism, and they embrace it upon their baptism as they, as they enter into the church. This sounds like a minor point to us as Catholics, but it's really not. Uh, from the Protestant perspective, the, the teaching of the gospel really doesn't pre-exist you. You ultimately have the responsibility of going into the Bible and essentially creating it for yourself and reconstructing it. That's essentially what you have. Now, in fact, sociologically, most Protestants grow up in a particular community, and that community has its own kind of tradition, and they passively sort of receive that, that teaching from that given community. That's sociologically, you know, the reality of the situation. But uh, in theory, and oftentimes in practice, especially in the non-denominational churches, they're literally responsible, each one individually is responsible for going into the New Testament and essentially reconstructing the gospel from the ground up. What uh, chaos <laughs> ensues 
from, from such a procedure. Um, I think that maybe the point here today for my homily is to thank God that we don't have to do that. Uh, because what are the chances that you're going to get it right? What are the chances that you're going to actually reconstruct the true teaching of Jesus Christ and the apostles? <laughs> On your own accord, going into the New Testament, you're going to figure it out all by yourself. It's a very complicated book. Writings took place 2,000 years ago. There's really a lot to it. It's virtually impossible. And what are the chances that you're going to hit upon the right uh, doctrine and the next guy to your right is going to hit upon the, the right doctrine and the next guy to the left of you is going to hit upon the right doctrine and you're all going to come together and agree? It, it's impossible. The chances of this are, are virtually nil. So we thank God that in addition to the Bible, he's given us the church. The church is the mother of our souls. And she, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, preserves the gospel and the true teaching of Jesus Christ and the apostles. She has it ready made for us. All we have to do is be obedient from the heart to that doctrine. And it, talking about heart, it breaks my heart. Absolutely breaks my heart when I find Catholics who simply pick and choose what they're going to believe about the Catholic faith. Completely breaks my heart. I say to myself, these poor people don't know how good they've got it. They're essentially opting to be Protestants. I'm going to pick and choose and reconstruct my belief system according to my own lights. Instead of gratefully receiving what the church, through God's providence and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, has ready made for them. It's a real, it's a real tragedy. Um, so my brothers and sisters, please, please, I beg you, don't fall into that trap. Let's be thankful for what the God, for what God has given us in the church. She is our mother. She has preserved uh, the true doctrine. We don't have to go out and pick and choose and reconstruct things. It's ready made for us. And all we have to do is be obedient to it from the heart.